Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you knew that we were part of a <clears throat> thanks a global movement of right around 600 churches around the world and one of the fastest growing regions for us right now is Afghanistan. It's remarkable what's happening and of course it's really difficult getting accurate information out of that country right now but um and then Bangladesh is another one. So we've, uh, we've got 46 churches, but I think, I think there's four more have been planted in the last two weeks in Afghanistan, and um, it's just remarkable what's happening. I mean, it's really, really, really encouraging. <clears throat> the pastors there actually knew what was going to happen as the Taliban started to move in, and so they started to stock up food, fill their basements, and now their basements are full of people wanting to hear about Jesus. It's really, really encouraging. Yeah. So this weekend, sorry, next Friday, we're having an online conference um, and you need to register, go on a website, register. There's no charge. It'll be two hours on, uh, from six till eight, Mountain Standard Time. And um, anything else? Just show up. Yeah, you don't even have to, yeah, just come uh, online and you'll hear um, a little bit from our leader and, um, and myself. Yeah, we're meeting with the pastors in uh, Canmore uh, that week, and we're going to pray for them. And um, uh, so, hey... Um, Welcome to church, welcome everybody online, thank you for being online. Um, we're going to, uh, we're going to get into, uh, this is going to be my last for a little while next week, Pastor Sam from C3 Toronto, we planted that eight years ago, nine years ago, uh, he's going to be uh, preaching next week, and then uh, that song, that last song uh, was really, really an important song, really good, and uh, I just love our worship team and uh, all the production team that make these things happen. It was in uh, July uh, uh, 2011. Uh, We were on the final stages of building this building, and um, I wouldn't recommend you do this, but I got a call from uh, the chairman of the board who just on the phone with the bank manager, and uh, we were short uh, somewhere around $700,000. Now, we'd all... Everybody had already emptied their savings accounts, and there was nothing. We didn't know where else to go. And uh, there I was. I was on my motorcycle going down the, the coast, and I was away. And so I, did, I wouldn't recommend you do this. I, this is like Bible roulette, where you just threw the Bible down and said, God. And I got down, to my, I threw the Bible down, and I was going to just put my face on it and say, Lord, if you don't come through, we're done. And um, I put my eyes down there with Psalm 27 said, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. <laughs> that was 10 years ago, and I have. And so um, I want to teach us a little bit today about, um, uh, just a little, little bit, because if you don't understand that we're in a spiritual battle, 90% of your life won't make any sense. The most important things around us are invisible, and we tend to focus on the flesh and blood issues when really... The big issues, the eternal issues, are unseen. And um, so I want to help us understand that today. My na- we've got new neighbors, 
And um, we got these beautiful big black poplars that line our street, and they're now magnificent, bright yellow, and they're full of leaves, and the leaves started to fall, and they'd ask me, they said, wow, a lot, aren't these trees beautiful? I said, yeah, but they got a lot of leaves, right? And um, yeah, what do you do with those? I said, well, I've got a leaf blower. <laughs> Mine just get blown over to your place. <clears throat> How are you going to deal with it? The important thing that we understand is rather than absolving ourselves of responsibility, that we need to be consistently taking responsibility for our personal spiritual lives. This is, this is a little add-on, church. Uh, you need to be Monday till Saturday with your face in the word, discerning what God is saying, and then setting your heart to obey that. Before we come to the word, we should also, we should actually do that. We say, Lord, okay, whatever you show me, I'm ready to, I'm ready to act on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Th- those are, the, th- these are those type of days. And, um, and I, um, I just, every, every day now for the last, uh, for a long time, have been asking the Lord to open my eyes. I, I actually went for an eye exam this week. Uh, it's been a long time. And, well, since Kelly was going, I said, I'll go along. And the doctor said how good my sight was, which I reminded Kelly. She says, yeah, but your hearing needs to be checked too. She's <laughs> trying to win at that. Anyway, I get in there, and, he, and he's like going close, right? He's, and then he put these drops in my eyes, and everything goes blurry. And I asked for a discount because I said, I see, I'm not seeing as good as when I came in here. Like... Somebody should help me out with that. And anyway, what he did is he, and then he says, I'm going to check your ducts in your eyelids. And I go, um, yeah, okay. And he said, oh, just as I expected, have you woken up and your eyes are a bit dry? And I said, yeah. He said, well, you've got some dead ducks. I said, how do ducks die? And he said, it's simple. Little mites get in the ducts and plug them. I know, yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, I instantly thought of that song by Jackson Brown, Doctor My Eyes, have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Now I want to understand I have done all I could to see the evil and the good without hiding. You must help if you can. Doctor My Eyes, tell me what's wrong. Was I unwise to leave them open for so long? We need to have eyes to see these days. What, uh, and I mean our spiritual eyes. What started out as in 2019, COVID-19, began as a virus, it's no longer the issue. The issue is power. The, my question to us is, how are you going to use your power? Mo- much of spiritual warfare is reminding us who we are and whose we are. Don't go swinging out, you know, shadow boxing with big, uh, any demonic forces specifically. Your biggest battle is reminding yourself of how powerful you are. Because the big, the big enemy, <clears throat> the big lie is you're not powerful. That's a lie. And knowing who Christ is in you and who you are in Christ makes you extremely powerful And we live in those days. Dallas Willard said this. He said, the primary work of God is finding men and women that he can trust with power. I want to to try to address that because of the four qualities that I've talked about. Um, I talked about 
the, uh, who, who we are. We're people who live by the word that's proceeding from the mouth of God. <clears throat> There's a daily word for you. There's a moment-by-moment, hour-by-hour word that's proceeding from the mouth of God. We don't live by bread, but we live by words that proceed. So there is a proceeding word for you. Our word from last week is, is still good word, but there's a new one. The word from yesterday, good word, but there's a new one. So this is who we are. We're prophetic people because we're led by the Spirit and we're moved along by a current word that's proceeding from the mouth of God. What, do you know what your word is today? I'm gonna try to give you what I think is our word. We're that type of people. We are generous people, and by that I mean it's in the Bible it talks about the grace of giving. When, when grace touches someone's heart, the first thing they want to do is give. The first thing I wanted to do once I got saved, when I gave my life to Christ, I felt the power of God and his ability now released in me. I did not want to use that power for evil. I only wanted to use it to love. Now it's gotten a little, it's waned a bit since then, but I'm still tr- trying to keep that you know, alive. We're generous people. We're a gathered people. <clears throat> As a gathered people, we have heard a call, which that's what the word ecclesia means. We're a called out people. And we've picked up, we picked up the phone and we've got the call and we're, and, we're, and we're advancing that call one relationship at a time. We believe that one of the greatest, one of the greatest values that is most evident and is the best gauge of spiritual maturity is how that is translated into our relationships. So if you think you've got a truth and it's not translated into a relationship yet, it's just a theory. It needs to be, Galatians 5 verse 6 says, the most important thing is faith expressing itself in love. We've had, we've had lots of faith, but not necessarily expressed in love. I want to, this morning I'm going to, I'm going to, Believe the Lord to stir up um, in you. <clears throat> the, uh, I'm going to ask him to stir up faith. What's happening on the earth, of course, is, uh, pardon me, what Jesus is doing is he's building his church. That's, that's what he's doing. And, um, and you've probably heard me say this lots of times, but, um, but what we are doing is partnering with Jesus and partnering with his Holy Spirit on this whole construction project of building his church. Now, the, tr- the key factor in that is always coming back to the cornerstone of that building and getting all of our dimensions straight, the cornerstone being Jesus Christ, anchoring ourselves in the cornerstone. That's, that's shared, uh, <clears throat> uh, I think, seven times in Scripture, where he says that the, the stone that the builders rejected, who rejected it? those of us who are building his church. So we need to keep that true and straight if we're going to build accurately and biblically. And currently, uh, currently what's taking place, I think, pardon me, here's what I think is currently taking place because we get so focused on the building that we forget to come back and examine the foundation. What's going on now? Our, our, our foundations are being examined. Why? Because everything's shaking. And if you don't get your feet back onto the rock, it'll continue to shake. It, and this is almost a daily procedure for me. It's coming back to what's the foundation? Right. And how, what's my footing? Right. 
and securing yourself in Jesus Christ. Now, that sounds uh, all good until we try and do it. It's a bit, it's a bit of work. So let me just, uh, I'm gonna take us to Esther's story a little bit because the word of the Lord for me in this season is the story of Esther. I believe she has a message to all of us for such a time as this. I believe that. Esther, and I hope you've read through it. I'm just gonna make comments about chapters five, six, and seven today. Not gonna preach it. I'm just gonna make comments. Um, um, God uses people who are willing, not forced. That's how love works. Take the lesson from the rope. You can't push a rope. So he, 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 it's like this. It's, if, if we are silent, God is silent. Because he needs an expression on the earth. <clears throat> if we don't move, God doesn't move. He's looking for his people to be activated and move. <clears throat> so when we see the story of Esther, and I think it's a picture of our time, the story unfolds that there's an evil plan at work, but justice is just around the corner, not, but justice. Isn't that nice to have the married couple here with us today? Justice and Zach. We tied that knot tight, really tight. And, and the thing is about Esther, she doesn't realize her power. She thinks I'm just a pretty girl in the harem, probably. She needed Uncle Mort to come along and remind her that you've been placed in a position for just this specific time. And, and he reminds her that she's powerful. Uh, I want to try and do the same thing with us today, is remind us that we're powerful. Very powerful. Um, we're getting a little bit tired, which is an understatement of the year. But, but well, there's a solution in Isaiah chapter 40. It says even young men are going to get weary, but those that wait upon the Lord, they'll renew. We need our strength removed, renewed. Winston Churchill said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. If you're gonna, I'm going to talk about the warrior in each of us to rise up. And it's hard to rise up when you're tired. Part of the agenda of the current spiritual assignment over our nation and over the world is to wear you out. We know that that's one of the agendas. And if you're starting to get wore out, it's understandable because that's part of the plan. And I'm just here to remind you that even if you've grown weary, that if you will entwine your life and trust the Lord, he will renew your strength. It's true. It's the word. Okay. So from her point of view, everything is against her. When you read her story, everything's against her. There is a law currently against her. So legally... That was against her. The government was against her. Her sex as a woman, maybe gender would be a better word. Her gender was against her because women in that time did not have a voice. Um, The officers were against her. And even as she was called to a fast, the fast was against her because if she didn't look right coming for the king, um, he he would not accept her. She may not look all that. So everything was against her. Why am I saying that? I'm saying because... You and I can feel many times that everything's against us. 
But I'm here to remind you of your power, <laughs> of your influence. There's two words in scripture. One is uh, dunamis and the other is exousia. One means power, the other means authority. <clears throat> authority is the right to do something. Power is the ability to do something. You have the authority <clears throat> and you have the right to act in a time when you feel it's impossible and you're, everything's against you. You have the authority and the right to speak up. I'm, I'm trying. <clears throat> because if God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, she, the deck is stacked in your favor. All it takes is one who will agree with God. Bring on the prophets. 400 on the mountain, another 400 hiding. But there was one, his name was Elijah. He said, let the God, let the God answer by fire. It's, we're having a showdown. Did you know that at the OK Corral? We're loaded for bear. It's easy to feel helpless and weak and out of control, but those are never excuses biblically. <clears throat> Thank you. Full of, Bible's full of stories of men and women who acted courageously in uncomfortable, even impossible moments. Today, God's looking for men and women he can trust with power. Chapter five of Esther, and um, if you, uh, you just read about this, he's, uh, she, she, after he says, you know, Anyway, she, she's, replying, she's talking back to Mordecai. Go and gather the Jews, call a fast. My maids and I will do the same. And then though it's against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I'm willing to die. Now there's a strong woman. So the the, the, uh, the, the uh, top guy with the Salvation Army, he said, some of my best men are women. If I, if I must die, I'm willing to die. You see, a, you see a woman, she's no longer desperate. She's saying, all right, I'm on a mission. Dun, 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 dun. I'm on a mission from God. Three days later, she puts on her royal robes and enters the inner court. Comes into the, the king's hall, king sitting in the royal throne facing the entrance. It's just a, it's just a profound story. I wanna, I wanna just move this along. And... Um, um, if I, she says, if I, he says, Mordecai says, if you keep quiet in such a time like this, deliverance will come from some place, but you're going to die. And what's more, he says, who's to, who's to say but that God didn't bring you to the, your place for just such a time as this? This is where we're living. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a word from the Lord. Now, he says this, um, what do you want, Queen Esther? She's so sharp in her negotiating. Uh, she really is Jewish. Um, Anyway, she, you know, and she, and she negotiates. She said, make sure Haman's here. And um, Haman's there, and, uh, you know, he's all, he, he's, he, here's what's happened. The, there's three power uh, structures are colliding. You've got a woman who's got a word from the Lord. You've got Haman, and she's willing to die for her word. You've got Haman who's using his power for selfish means of promotion. Uh, you've got King Xerxes, who's like the ruler of the entire Persian kingdom. Power, right? What are you going to do with power? What are you going to do with influence? And that's, these, these, these power structures are colliding. And I just love this pretty little girl from the harem. She's like, she's, everything's against her. But she's not going to let that stop her. 
I just think it's so powerful. And, and so the, uh, Shakespeare says, uneasy is the head that wears the crown. Chapter six, uh, at the end of chapter five, so Haman's wife, Zeresh, and all of his friends suggest, let's set up a gallows. But what they did, they didn't actually have a gallows at the time, they would have a pole. They would impale people. So what they're doing, they're setting up a high pole and they were gonna, I don't know how it works. It's just like, gosh, Don, that's rough, eh? All right, a, a gallows would sound nice. Um, in the morning, he asked the king to hang Mordecai on it. When this is done, you can go to your, on your merry way to the banquet with the king. This pleased Haman immensely, and he ordered the gallows be set up. Here's someone using his power for his purpose. <laughs> um, selfish purpose. He's using it for discrimination and segregation reasons. What he, his, 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 the law that he got set up was the extermination of 50 million Jews. So, so there's still Haman, that spirit that drives Haman. It's still in the world. Um, but what's important is that you all see the hand of God in this. Here's, what, here's the danger of us is seeing all the stuff that's going on and miss God. But God's at work in the land, bringing about supernatural uh, encounters. He, he's in the land. You may be looking at all the gallows and whatever, but I'm saying he's at work in the land. Chapter six begins with that night the king had trouble sleeping. This was divine insomnia. When I, when people, I tell them, if you can't sleep, don't count sheep, talk to the shepherd. He, he's, he can't sleep, but you know what's going on. God's at work. Why? Because he's got his people that he's promised he'd deliver, and he's got his purposes that he's bringing forth on the earth. Same thing today. <clears throat> and, and so, he, so he, he orders an attendant to bring the historical records of his kingdom so he could read them. Yeah, that would be a yawner, I imagine. It's like a legal document. You go, what the, hmm? But just watch what's how it's all being set up, right? I just wanted to get on the right side of it all. It's all being set up. And what does he do? The attendant, now, now the king is not short on entertainment. He's got, he, remember, he's got a harem. He's got musicians. He's got whatever he wants, but he asks for the historical records. Are you kidding? What a geek. Anyway, anyway, he happens to bring in the exact document that mentions that Mordecai has saved his bacon. The exact document. I'm just saying, this is taking place around us right now. God is putting people in place with specific documents to bring about God's purpose on the land. Can I get a... It's all coming... This is happening around us. Don't get weary in well-doing. In those records, he discovered an account of how Mordecai had exposed the plot of Big Thana and Teresh, two of the eunuchs who guarded the door in the private quarters and on and on and on. Okay, uh, he gets just a specific, has this ever happened to anybody else that you've had a document and or a book brought to you and that book has been the crossroads of your spiritual development. Uh, little story. In February of 1916, a young student bought a used book in a railway station. He had picked it up a dozen times and put it back. February 1916. That day he bought Fantastes by George MacDonald and the reading led to a conversion of a young man named C.S. Lewis. A book. 
a specific book changed the course. Arguably the most influential apologist of the mid-20th century. Now, there's no shortage of entertainment, uh, no shortage of wine, but somehow, this is, this, this is like five years ago this took place. And so, we don't know, did the office mem- memo get missed? We don't know. But, all of a, but the king didn't know about it. It was all of a sudden brought to his attention. Just the hand of the Lord is at work in this story. That's all I want you to see. The Lord knows. Haman came in. If he would have came in half an hour earlier, an hour earlier, this transaction wouldn't have taken place. And so when you see in chapter, I'll read through chapter seven, and you'll see what took place, how that Zeresh was used to warn Haman, and then Harbona pipes up, on and on and on, and the result was Haman had overplayed his hand and gave them enough rope to literally hang himself. So that, why do I say that? How will you handle, how you handle power? Um, until you come to terms that we are engaged in a spiritual battle, 90% of your day will not make sense. You're, you'll have a distorted view of who God is, and you'll forget how powerful you are. You'll feel like you're failing in all these levels. What happens in war? There's casualties. Are you surprised there's casualties? You shouldn't be, because we're at war. Just reminding us that we're in a battle. So I want you to get on the right side of the battle. Um, Isaiah 53, and uh, this is my second last point. Um, Right after Isaiah 53, so it's Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren woman, break forth into loud and joyful song. O Jerusalem, even though you've never birthed a child, for the woman who gave uh, birth to a child, uh, even though... Even though you never gave birth to a child, for the woman who came could bear no children now has more than all the other women. And so says the Lord, enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, for it'll soon be bursting at the seams and your descendants will take over the nations and live in their cities. What am I talking about? I'm talking about why would barren women sing? Because they know they're about to fulfill a promise. I'm, barren women sing. Here's what, here, here, this is a word given to Pastor Phil 30 years ago. Even though it doesn't look like you're winning, even though it looks like you're not going to have any children, even though it looks, and of course at those times, and Isaiah uses the word sing three times, or 30 times, and the point is sing, sing, O bear woman, break forth into loud and joyful song. Here's what I need us to remember. Worship is one of your greatest tools in this, in this season. <clears throat> uh, not, not draggy worship, joyful worship. Why? Why? Because we're about to expand the boundaries. Why? Because there's about to be a great harvest. Why? Well, it looks like, oh gosh, they're emptying out churches. They're about to get filled. Would you get ready? Because God's about to do a great thing. Extend your stent pegs and build on. Why? Because a baby's coming. Love is in the air. Barrenness was seen as a curse. This is that you can read this in Galatians chapter four and verse twenty-seven. He applied the promise to the church. You and I are children of a promise. We are children of a promise. Once you get the word of the Lord, you can sing joyfully, because that promise, as a covenant daughter and son of God, that promise is about to be fulfilled. But it requires your faith to add to it. It won't happen on its own. Break forth. It, 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 it remind, it's breaking forth, then something's been bound. Those of you who feel bound, it's time to break forth. 
It's such a great word. Worship is warfare. Can I hear an amen from the worship team? God's waiting to hear our worship. Um, He's about to see a promise fulfilled. Um, Get the baby room ready. Promise was fulfillment. What are we using our power for here at the church? Is to extend the kingdom. We're about expanding the kingdom. We have not stopped planting churches. I think we've planted seven so far. I think there's five still going. It shouldn't be that, I'm not great at math, but it's not that big in numbers. I didn't think about it before I got up here. Why? Because, why? because of the increase of his government. This is the promise on Jesus' shoulders. Of the increase of his government, there'll be no end. God is on the move. And, and I believe he's about to fill churches and fill stadiums. Barren woman, start singing. Barren woman, start singing. This, this requires a little bit of, on the inside of us. What's that called? Warfare. Stomping on your fear and rising up in faith. That's what's going on. Um, we're covenant people. And he uses the example later on. You should read it because of a husband. It's a picture of the husband and wife. And, he'll, he's, and he uses Noah as an illustration um, as we're, we're covenant people. Uh, last point, expansion is in our DNA. Our enemy is everything that stops the covenant promises over our lives, over this church, that have been declared over us. Anything that tries to slow that down or stop that, that's our enemy. That can be a mindset, that can be an attitude, that can be a heart posture, that can be our words, that can can be all kinds of things. Um, And it's the same for you, it's the same for us. We've been given a great commission to use our gifts and our talents, our anointings, our graces, our callings, and our commissions to expand the kingdom using our influence and our voice. God's desire to share people with us is displayed through the entire narrative of scripture. Right from the beginning, God's convocation of Adam and Eve to his ultimate reinstatement described in the book of Revelation, our part that's played in the restoration of all things. God is today, God is inviting us along with humanity to collaborate in his dominion. David marveled at this that God had endowed humanity with the capacity to wield power. In Psalm chapter eight and verse three, when I look into the heavens, what's man that you're mindful of him, but you've made him a little lower and you've crowned him, crowned him and you've given him dominion. Do I need to remind you that God has given mankind dominion? To you, he's given us power, he's given us authority to use for the building of his kingdom and the extension of his purposes on the earth. And there are Hamans that'll try to stop that. But that's okay because we're powerful. One glance at current events and an honest look in the mirror reveals that there's been some serious misfires. Scripture reveals our entire record of human history, the pattern of men being entrusted with power that was intended for the good of others. Lifting oppression, bringing hope, a voice to the voiceless, and easing up burdens for the downtrodden. But instead, power has been used for self-preservation and personal gain that in the end brings more harm than good. Let that sink in. This has went on through all of recorded history. I believe that every man was meant to speak and act and lead like a king. That power that is entrusted to us was meant to protect and to serve and never to bring harm. Never, never for the unharnessed need for validation in the unaffirmed masculine soul. You see it over and over again. We've been entrusted with power to act justly. Esther teaches us 
that, let me read again from Dallas Willard. The primary work of God is finding men and women who he can entrust with power. And the story of most men is being entrusted with power and it bringing harm to themselves and those under their care. This is a heavy word now, and I'm going to wrap up and pray. Power was always intended for the good of others. You can ask Dallas Willard, you can ask Isaiah, you can ask Mordecai or Esther or Haman or King Xerxes or the Apostle Paul. You remind us that we wield power to serve, to protect, and to care for those people and the kingdoms that are entrusted to our care. <clears throat> Think of the story of fallen kings and their kingdoms. Bill Cosby, who was a hero to a generation and an iconic family man, the harm that he caused is incalculable. Think of Lance Armstrong, who chose to live a lie about his reliance on performance-enhancing drugs to earn a championship title. Think about the disgraced Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, whatever you call him. <clears throat> he, he indicted on several predatory sex scandals and his misconduct with over 40 women. He used his power for selfish means. This is the story of history. But you and I have been called to use our power to protect and to, and to serve and to preserve the kingdom of God on the earth, to care for our families, to care for the weak, to care for those that are within our care, not to use it to validate our own insecurities. The systemic use of abuse of power that comes to light every day, organized religion is no different. A grand jury issued an 884-page re report identifying 1,000 child victims by 300 priests. And you can see it in the now-disgraced founding pastor of 40 years, leader of Willow Creek, who was ushered into early retirement because he didn't use his power as God enabled him to. Fallen kings and fallen kingdoms. We can do better than that. Right. <sighs> Scripture records the cowardice of Pontius Pilate when he refused to stand up to the crowds or the impact of David's life on, on Uriah and Bathsheba or Pharaoh's power when he killed the Hebrew children or Herod's reign of horror and terror. Think of those who held positions of power over you and I. Meant to bless and to build and to reverse the curses of shame. Read in Revelation chapter 21, he says, cowards will not enter the kingdom. It's time for you and I to use our power and use our voice as God has ordained us as men and women of God to serve our communities, to serve our people that he's placed within our care. It begins with self-care. It extends to our family. We are in a battle. We better rise up, warriors. We better stand up, warriors. We better. The damage is real. Kings of the world have been characterized by using their power to build their own kingdom. When they're meant to build the kingdom of God, the Bible says that the kingdom of God, but that, the, that uh, how righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, that's what the kingdom of God is. We can look at our own realms. As husbands, we're called to nurture our wives' souls. As fathers, to be present with the moral courage to take the time for building uh, the kingdoms, that are our own personal kingdom, uh, not our own personal kingdom, but the kingdoms of our, our children. But instead of, of bringing freedom and grace and security and effect, Joy, we brought frustration and fatigue, which had made cowards of us all. We need to use our power for the extension of the kingdom of God. 
We need to spend time in the word of God. Doctor our eyes. Lord, let us see what's really taking place. Let us not back down. We're entering an age of great miracles. We're entering an age of great harvest. But it's easy to get deceived. Jesus says, beware lest you be deceived. I'm wrapping up by reminding us that we are powerful people. I'm reminding us that when you feel uh, fear rise up in your heart because you're not sure to act, that's a green light that means to take a step. That's what it means. When you're, uh, let faith arise in the people of God. Let us not back down in the day of battle. Let us not step backwards. Let us not be silent. But before you go acting out, would you please take a little time on your face before the Lord and get a word from him because he's calling us today to be light and salt like never before. Do you hear me? Let's stand to our feet, please. We all feel it. No, no, there's not one of us that don't feel it. And we're wondering, what do we do? We feel it. It's unseen. It's real. We don't back down. But we come before the Lord with humility. And we come before him knowing that in our weakness, he truly can be strong. We say, Lord, we're not sure what to do. We're going to keep our eyes on you doctor our eyes maybe you've got dead ducks too God give us fresh give us that eye salve message to our church is this battle ain't over yet we're just getting into it we're just getting into it but that's okay because God's at work And he's working out details that you and I can't see. So what do we do? We sing joyfully. And we break forth out of places of prison and confinement, out of control, out of coercion. We break forth with joy. Paul was able to sing in chains. Can you and I sing in chains? What if, what, and what if then the chains shatter? Father, today I'm praying that faith arise in the hearts of men and women here right now. God, God, we felt the assignment to be silent. We felt uh, powerless like Queen Esther. We felt like things are against us. But you're not calling us to make excuses today. You're calling us to set aside our excuses and take the authority that we have as you extend the scepter to your church today. As you're ex extending that scepter to the bride of Christ as you're extending the authority of the great king we come into your presence in intercession on behalf of our families on behalf of our governments on behalf of those across the land who have been bound and today we declare victory in the people of god that they no longer be tormented by the Hamans and the Hitlers of the world, but they would be reminded of their authority, of their power, of their influence, and they'd use it to build the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 So be it.
Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.